Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Two brutal nights in a row for the Brooklyn Nets. Two series lopped off the MLB schedule already. Plus, how will the combine complicate the QB market? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After losing in embarrassing fashion to the Toronto Raptors, the Brooklyn Nets had a chance to right that wrong. They didn't. They lose 109-108 to Toronto. They are now three games back of the Raptors in the Eastern Conference playoff standings, firmly ensconced in the eighth spot, the Brooklyn Nets. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, this is a team that does not have Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons is coming at some point. But at what point does at some point become problematic for this team, given where they are in the East? Oh, they're right in the sweet spot. I got to tell you, this is this is how they drew it up when they got together in the offseason. You missed the, a little tidbit here, too, that by losing the second game to the Toronto Raptors, the season series finished at two games apiece. Had they snuck that one out, they would have had the advantage and then pulling even even in the standings would have given them a little bit of a tiebreaker there that also did not pan out for them. Ben Simmons, uh, listen, back flare up. So I think his timeline is obviously further than closer. Kevin Durant, though, it's going to be either against Miami on Thursday or over the weekend against Boston. He is coming back. So the timeline is the playoffs. If they're not all back by the playoffs, then it's problematic. But I've been pretty steadfast and even keeled around saying the goal is to be in the playoffs. And that includes the eighth ninth and 10th seed, those all get you into the playoffs where you become a very dangerous team. Well, there is the playoffs and there's the play in tournament. Certainly they do not want to be in a position where it's one game or even two games that they have to get into a seven game series. We know that the bounce of the ball, three point shooting that creates all kinds of variants that presumably the nets would like to avoid. So how concerned if you're a nets fan, are you that they could be the eight seed in all of this? Not having Kevin Durant back makes it hard to look at the schedule and say, well, there's very winnable games here. But we just saw over the weekend Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets took down the Milwaukee Bucks. So you've seen this sample size that seems ever so tantalizingly close that the Brooklyn Nets can be a dangerous team over the remainder of the season. And if you think that that's possible and that Kevin Durant is about to rejoin this team, then all of a sudden you just got through what is a very difficult stretch. You're still going to have two more games against Eastern Conference teams that are playing very well in Miami and also Boston. But once you get beyond that, you do get some soft landing spots like the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets, like the New York Knicks, like the Orlando Magic, even the Portland Trailblazers. Those are what you'd like to say, win, 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 win. And just like that, you put yourself back in the conversation to climb out of the eighth seed, maybe to the seventh. I don't see the sixth as being obtainable. So, so no, this team is probably not going to get out of the playing game scenario. And you just have to accept and go in with confidence having two and possibly three of the best players in the NBA when that task is asked of you. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, two series lopped off the MLB schedule already. Where do negotiations stand now? That's next. 
Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Dallas Mavericks looking to keep up with the top of the Western Conference going against the Lakers, who are trying to keep themselves in a position to have a playoff The Dallas Mavericks nearly fall to the Los Angeles Lakers after a 21-point lead. Nick Engstead with the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. And the Dallas Mavericks had a 21-point lead against the Lakers. Going into halftime, it just looked like everything was going the Mavs' way. The Lakers couldn't get anything done at all. Russell Westbrook was looking awful in this game. The Lakers could get anything they wanted to the paint. Jalen Brunson was finally back to his old ways and scoring. Spencer Dinwiddie was making some good moves and some good plays in the first half. And then the third quarter came, and the Mavs absolutely tanked in the in the third quarter, scoring 41 points in the second quarter and only 14 in the third quarter. Everything just came to a screeching halt. And then Luka took over. In the fourth quarter, Luka Doncic ISOing against LeBron James over and over and over again, took advantage of the matchup and was able to score, was able to get things to happen for the Mavericks. The Mavericks were able to eke this one out and get the win and secure the win. A good one for the Dallas Mavericks, and they continue on this run after the after the All-Star break. We'll talk about it all on tonight's Locked on Mavs. In the East, the Atlanta Hawks are hanging on to a playoff spot of their own just by a thread. The Boston Celtics, well, they didn't help the situation. Hey, John Corrales here at the TD Garden after the Boston Celtics 107-98 win over the Atlanta Hawks. A tale of two halves for sure. Boston down 17 in the first half, down 14 at halftime. They come out immediately in the third quarter and go on a 14-0 run to erase that lead and tie the game up. And then from there, Boston outscores the Atlanta Hawks 56-33 in the second half. Celtics hugely needed this win. It looked horrible in the first half. Then they looked like their streak selves in the second half. Now it's on to Memphis. Can they hold off the Grizzlies here in Boston? I'll talk about it on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So make sure you're subscribed and watch the show on YouTube. Saquon Barkley is not untouchable. The New York Giants are at least willing to entertain phone calls. New general manager Joe Schoen said, Tuesday at the NFL Scouting Combine, he said, I'm open to everything. Like whether it's trading player for player, I'll listen to anybody. If it's trading a couple players, I'm not going to say the entire roster. We're open for business on the entire roster. But if anyone is going to call and they're interested in any of our players, I'm certainly going to listen. Chucky Hepburn banked in a tie-breaking three-pointer with 1.5 seconds left to give the number 10 Wisconsin Badgers a 70-67 victory over number 8 Purdue that clinched the Badgers at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title. Wisconsin has won five straight and now has at least a share of its 20th Big Ten regular season title. A victory Sunday at home against Nebraska would give the Badgers their first outright conference title since 2015 when they happened to go on to reach the NCAA Tournament Championship game. A title I will always believe they should have won. If the shot-for-shot battle down the stretch between Providence and Villanova was a sneak peek of what's ahead in March, Madison Square Garden may be in for quite a show. Caleb Daniels scored 20, Eric Dixon added 15, and Colin Gillespie Added 14 as number 11 Villanova beat number 9 Providence 76-74 in a fantastic Big East matchup on Tuesday night. The Big East tournament is going to be incredible, said Villanova coach Jay Wright. You know who else said that? Fans. People who like basketball. 
that seems like it's gonna be really, really fun. True story, I once skipped uh, a midterm in college to watch a Big East tournament game, and guess what? Jerry McNamara went off and Syracuse won, so I don't regret it. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. A lot of NBA action tonight. The Philadelphia 76ers and their new lineup have won three in a row. They play the New York Knicks tonight in the Bet Online line for this one is Philly giving 10 and a half. The New Orleans Pelicans are trying to stay in the playoff picture in the West. They play the scrappy Sacramento Kings tonight. The Bet Online line for this one has the Pelicans as five point favorites. The Portland Trailblazers, they're on the outside looking in at the Western Conference playoff race. They have a tough t- they have a tough task of their own facing the Phoenix Suns. The Bet Online line for this game is Phoenix favored by 13 and a half. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Rob Manfred should not go on deal or no deal because the show might never end. So far, we have no deal in baseball to the point that we are now going to see series canceled to open the season. Joining me now from Locked on Reds, Jeff Carr. Jeff, this is a bad place a sad place to be for baseball fans because what I think is so frustrating is the demands from the owners felt so silly in some cases that it felt like there should have been a deal to be done here. Why did this get so out of hand? (sighs) Pete, I wish I knew, man. Um, (laughs) You you could have stopped after the deep side. That could have been the whole answer. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm smiling. This is all through pain. I'm telling you this whole process. I stayed up with them because it felt like they had momentum Monday night. They negotiated for over 16 hours and you heard Mm -hmm. all kinds of reports, whether it be Bob Nightingale and his comeback tour, or you've got John Heyman saying nice things like, Hey, we're going to have opening day on March 31st. And then none of that happened. A lot of it just had to do with the fact that the owners were negotiating with themselves. They did not want to move. And and for every time you heard, well, the owners moved up a little bit. It was always like by one, two, maybe five million. Like I remember the pre-arbitration pool, the players wanted around 120 million. And the owners, I think by the end of it had moved to 30 million. They started at 15. I mean, it was a ridiculously huge gap, and that was only one thing. There's, there's, of course, the com- the uh, collective, sorry, the competitive balance tax that uh, they never wanted to move the thresholds on. They moved on the penalties, but not the thresholds. It was just a whole lot of the players trying to advocate for change, and the owners wanting nothing to do with it. If we get a deal. What are the changes that you think the players and the owners can agree on? Because it just seems like they are, for for some of the optimism, as you mentioned, late Monday night, it seems like right now they are worlds apart. Well, right now the players want a salary floor. They understand what the competitive balance tax is. It's a salary cap for all intents and purposes. The, the perfect example I use from a Reds standpoint, the Reds got two major league relievers from the New York Yankees this past season for a player to be named later. 
And so far as I know, I don't think they named that player yet. And the, and the two relievers are still on the Reds roster. It, and it was all because the Yankees were trying to get in under the tax threshold. The owners don't want to move on that. So they said, all right, we're not going to talk about a salary floor. Let's talk about expanded postseason. That's going to help when it comes to teams that don't want to spend money and teams that don't want to pay for a higher salary. They can maybe have a crazy year and go, 81 and 81 and make it to the playoffs. How about that? It it just seems like they are having two separate conversations. So I think that if there's anywhere that they could possibly get any movement, it's with the payment of younger players. I think they probably could come to some sort of resolution when it comes to a pre-arbitration bonus pool. And then the minimum uh, payment for, or the minimum salary for rookies and zero to three, uh, when it comes to service time, zero to three players, as they've been calling them, they've come up quite a bit. And I know that they were right there around 700,000 and that's what they're looking for, which would be the single largest increase in baseball history year over year. Even with all of that, we are now even wondering when on earth they're actually going to come back to the table and talk about all of this. Coming up, how will the combine complicate the quarterback market? Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best things you can eat. One of the best things you can put in your body because not only do they taste delicious, and they do, but it's protein-packed marshmallow. Yes, you heard that right. Protein-packed marshmallow. Covered in 100% chocolate. The cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, which I personally love, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your favorites. Go check them out. All of the built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Real chocolate. You got their low-calorie, high-protein. And they're basically like candy bars, but so much better for you. So much better for your body. Low-neck carbs, high-protein, high-fiber. Low-cal. Come on. What more are you looking for in a food? It tastes delicious, and it's good for you. What, what else do you need me to tell you? Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. At built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The NFL Combine is here, the offseason already upon us. And for those of us who have been, for those who know, the NFL Combine is not just about running 40 yard dashes in shorts, it is about all of the wheeling and dealing. It is about St. Elmo's horseradish uh, shrimp cocktail, and it is about the backroom conversations that are being had around the league. Let's have a a front room conversation with Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL from Indianapolis. Ross, what is the storyline that you think will emerge as the storyline from around the league during the combine? The biggest storylines that you're going to be watching are those around the quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Peter, when you and I were there in Los Angeles for Radio Row, we were talking to people about how this was going to be one of the most sort of tumultuous quarterback uh, markets that we've seen in an offseason in the NFL. And now it seems like everything is kind of simmering down. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's staying in Green Bay. Russell Wilson talking about how 
you know, Seattle is where he is, which yes, is a fact, Russell, thank you. But also <laughs> talking about, you know, a little bit more about how much he's enjoying it there, all those things. And even the Kyler Murray situation, which has become very public. I know you and Bo Brock talked about that in a recent Locked On It Today hit. And so, you know, you, you see all these things kind of beginning to quell, at least publicly. So I think that the quarterback conversations all around the NFL are going to be the big ones to watch because it's going to start off with these guys that could potentially be changing teams, but then it's going to quickly shift to those sort of lower tier quarterbacks like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, which we're already starting to hear conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance in San Francisco, as well as of course, the free agents that are going to be either hitting the market or on the market there. I think where those quarterbacks head, that's going to be a big, big piece to watch in terms of how it can change the landscape of the conferences and the NFL as a whole. Who is someone that you have your eye on, whether it is, man, I hope he doesn't run slow or man, if he runs fast or puts together some really good workouts, he could really help himself this week. Yeah, there's one one prospect out of the University of Texas, San Antonio, that I'm very excited to see this week. Cornerback Tariq Woolen. He was phenomenal uh, at the Senior Bowl, clocked in with Zebra Technologies' highest speed recorded, and that was actually with uh, catch-up speed in that situation. He had actually lost a one-on-one to a wide receiver, but then was able to close the gap to be able to make a play on the ball, and he ended up clocking their highest speed. He's somebody at six foot four, 200 pounds, cornerback. You know the NFL loves huge cornerbacks, right? And now you get one that's going to be able to jump through the roof and could potentially run in the 4-2 area is what's being rumored. That would be absolutely one of those things that would catapult him into quickly first round conversation and potentially at least a second round round grade at that point. But he, the roadrunner, is definitely one that I'm very, very excited to see. Is there a player who you're going, hmm, if he runs slow or does not test the way that that maybe he looks on tape, that that could really hurt him. I'm thinking of someone like Drake London. If he goes out and runs a slow 40, uh, you know, maybe his stock is falling among NFL teams. Yeah, no, Drake London was actually absolutely one that I was going to talk about, as well as Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. These sort of bigger bodied wide receivers that are catching on in the NFL. We see them all over the place. Teams love wide receivers that can block, but are they first round grades? Are they first round selections. Remember, not every first round selection is a first round grade. After about the first 20 of those selections, you're probably getting into second grades, second round grades at that time. So where do those receivers end up finding themselves when there are people like Jamison Williams, who's not going to be able to run at the combine, of course, but everyone knows is a blazer. Chris Olave and, and his ability to run is going to be one that's under a microscope as well. But then you look at guys like Traylon Burks, who can do everything and will probably run in the 4-3-4-4 area out of Arkansas. There are a lot of phenomenal wide receivers in this class, but it's going to be the speed that's going to catch everyone's eyes as it always does at the combine. And because of that, some of these other bigger bodied guys might end up starting to slip a little bit based upon sort of the lack of attractiveness in their game. And finally, the New York Liberty were fined $500,000 for chartering flights to away games during the second half of the WNBA season and for other violations of league rules, including an unsanctioned team trip to Napa, California. Chartering typically isn't allowed in the WNBA out of fear it could create competitive advantages for teams whose owners can afford bankrolling such costly team arrangements. That does not make any sense at all, even a little bit. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets, all the gambling advice you need in 20 minutes. 
Coming up Thursday, March has just begun, but the madness in college basketball is just beginning. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.